treat people accordingly of how they invest in you because they're not investing necessarily in, in a property or in a deal as a passive investor they, they're investing in an idea that you can provide them a trust enough to um, give you know their money to you and invest in that property of course it's a real estate property based through you through what you believe in and if they see what the results i have with them that's how they're going to trust me and this is a matter of communication first of all and how you communicate with people uh on those deals and you know things are not going well all the time Welcome to The Power of Passive Income and How to Retire Rich with your host, Vijay Patel. Get your financial advice straight from the experts and learn how to take your first steps towards financial freedom. If you're ready to retire rich, then listen up. Good morning, everyone. Uh, like uh, We have a, a two-door in the house and uh, like, well, thank you for joining this morning. I know it's early and... Let's get started without failing. So uh, we just want to introduce, uh, he is a kinesthesiologist and still practicing, but we have some incredible stories to tell and how he made his journey because this is the show all about, you know, making the transition from nine to five or getting stuck in W2 to having that financial freedom. So we'll be talking with him, uh, sharing his journeys, lessons, and then, you know, uh, down the line, we'll be asking some questions. So uh, if you can, you know, take some minute to introduce yourself and let's get started. Hi, good morning, everyone. Uh, thank you, Vijay, for having me on. Uh, it's a pleasure and uh, I hope your audience will have some uh, good insights from our conversation. Um, my name is Tudor Franco. I'm a doctor. I'm an anesthesiologist. Uh, I live in Maryland presently, uh, close to Annapolis. And um, I uh, direct right now uh, two medical practices in this space, mostly in the surgical center, outpatient procedures. Um, the story that I had was interesting because I think for your audience, it means a lot of how you can progress from being a you know professional like myself, uh, getting into real estate space and uh, build up this passive income so you can free up more of your time. Um, shortly, you know, I came, I'm an immigrant from Romania. I came here when I was 28 years old with nothing. Um, I had no money, I had no knowledge, I didn't know anybody. Um, just came here and tried to start a new life, basically. Um, after a communist uh, country, um, you know, living for the first 28 years old, came here and had no clue what's happening. I didn't know what the debit card was, I didn't know what a credit card was. Um, it was very hard for me to even speak the language. Um, or understand or you know it's, it was a culture shock basically and uh, I try to you know take step by step educate myself uh, as much as I could and um, you know go from there I was I was a doctor I start um, doing all kinds of jobs in the beginning small little things that can help me survive for a while and then uh, build up my career from that point on and I had the privilege you know 
one of the main one of the little jobs I had was to work for a guy who was in the financial space um, and help him helping him out as an assistant and I learned a lot of, of from him about the financials in, in the United States and that's how I started educating myself of the terms of you know what what the financial education means I remember the first time I heard uh, the name you know the the phrase cash flow was from him and I was like what is cash flow uh, and that's how I started reading about it and um, later on it helped me a lot of understanding a lot of um, terms that we're, we're gonna talk about um, then you know progressively I start practicing medicine uh, get into a residency program um, become an anesthesiologist move to Maryland from New York uh, and um, I realized that I want to do and explore this financial side more and more. Um, I had I was very happy in my job. I had a great you know W two income um, and high income, so to speak. And you know from that point on, you start thinking, well, I do have a lot of income and make a lot of money, but it's it's gonna be hard because I realize that I'm gonna pay a lot of taxes on those money. And the more money you make, the more time you spend to make that money. So, you know, a little, little, little bit, few questions kind of arise in my mind at that point of how can I improve this, um, this picture for myself? And, um, I was lucky enough in the in the first year, early years, nineteen, um, early two thousand. I think it was nineteen ninety eight, something like that. When I had um, I had the opportunity of attending one of Robert Kiyosaki's uh, seminars, and this was early on. You, you know, we're talking about him and his wife getting on the on the. Um, walking like points and by by themselves and teaching yeah. people and it was very small group so to speak and it was i was very fortunate i didn't realize what i had at that time now i do um i got to know him personally you know uh, cash flow uh, game just came out and then reach that put that book um was just uh, printed so that book fascinated me and kind of changed my whole perspective of what I need to approach, um, how I need to approach financials from that point. Uh, and I realized that I was, you know, almost 30, 30 something years old at that time. And um, I realized that many of the natives here, Americans, I, are not financially educated in school. So, you know, you start off with a handicap being an immigrant, but it was not really a handicap because I educate, I started educating myself. And I think everybody can do that at this point. And especially now, 20 something years later, uh, where we have access to all the resources and internet and, you know, YouTube and everything at our hands, basically, we can educate ourselves and do the best we, we can for, for our time. So, you know, going back there, um, after I attended those seminars and start playing the cash flow game, um, I'm a big fan of Monopoly, by the way. <laughs> I built up my, my own game in Romania while I didn't have it, uh, you know, to buy it from. And I just built it up myself and play. And it was a very simple principle, right? You, you buy, you buy some greenhouses from your, 
active income uh, from your salary that you later on get some rent on and then you build up a hotel and you sell those houses and you build up and you buy a hotel and then the rent increases and that's how you win the game by winning more streets and more neighborhoods right and that can very easily be applied in life and that's what i did basically um so i went back to my job my w2 job as a doctor and uh, i said well i make i'm making a lot of money as an anesthesiologist how can i maximize my tax savings and also start investing and uh, at that time um, i started with single family homes one after another uh, maybe twice two houses a year or maybe three houses a year and stuff like that it was just a build up of of investment everything i made i put up in in the in real estate space um and i built up a pretty good portfolio of single family homes over the years by just doing that it helped me a lot with uh, cash flow and getting passive income from those rents and also tax advantages for my w2 income um, and it was a it was a very good combination of like applying monopoly in the real life and also get more than monopoly can offer which is uh, tax advantages appreciation of those assets that you buy depreciation of them on the tax returns and um, a lot of cash flow got it so, so you know there are four things that basically um, are getting together to make yourself uh, more money understand um, I, like you know you all like you you, you had an incredible story to tell for sure uh, especially like we, we take her like so many things for granted but at the same time like you know like anybody can achieve financial freedom being like come from no matter what the background is right like you can start with zero money or even negative money but it all starts with the mindset like once you have a right mindset and maybe surround like people with the right mindset you know and one right. book one good book that i would always recommend is a rich dad poor dad and like so far i have interviewed like seven people and like all of them have, have read it or had some impact in their own personal life and to some degree for educating uh, financial freedom like whether it's cash flow understanding business quadrant or sense like how the self-employed thing works because at the end it's all about like knowing the game because uh, you are playing like you like it or not you are in the financial game right yes you get like you know butchered or you get to be on the other side it's, it's exactly. just exactly story you have to like you know the side you have to pick and choose and play with the of course the rule that government uh, you know mandates but uh, you know there's so much uh, free ground to play if you if you know where to go and like how to play right so yeah, absolutely it's uh, it's a, it's totally a mindset game um think about this it, you know you you spend a lot of time to make a lot of money Yes. or to try to make a lot of money and at the end all you do is convert that huge amount of money that you have to buy yourself time yes. um, and sometimes people wait till they're retired 65 70 years old and try to buy that time back 
and it's very hard to do because you know we're we're all getting old right and if there's some things that we cannot possibly do at that age that we we want to do when we're younger so the, the sooner you start playing that game the better it's going to be for you and buy yourself more time um you know we all have 24 hours in a day so it, it's it's a matter of how we structure that uh 24 hours for ourselves so since you did like a single family for so long like there's a saying right trash toilet and tenants so <laughs> let's share some of the learning lessons you 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 you, you gained from those things yes um well, it's it's interesting with single family homes because it's a different it's a little different concept um, than multifamily, right? Uh, with a single family, you have to deal with one resident, one tenant in your house, in that apartment or you know town home, whatever it is. And when you when you uh, when the tenant leaves, you have zero occupancy for a while. So you go from a hundred percent to zero. Um, and then this is what I found out basically over the years with single family home portfolios. They gave me a lot of cash flow and there was a good investment in appreciation and passive income. But also it was a, it was a, it was a hard thing to overcome when a tenant left because there was a lot of renovations to be made. Uh, sometimes horror stories, like you said, you know, sinks taken, you know, plumbing destroyed, um, walls destroyed and you know i'm sure the toilet um the toilet mystery for everybody who wants to do single family homes it's 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 total it's a total true mystery wow. i became very good of um unclogging toilets over time i can tell you that <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's one step and that's there was a little uh, i would say price to pay over the benefits of investing in real estate but um this is when i realized that you can scale up you can basically go over that hump of having a zero occupancy when your tenant le left and invest into something bigger and expand your mindset and say well i spend a lot of time and a lot of money to buy one home with one tenant I can do the same thing with the same amount of money and the same amount of time, but buy more units with more tenants. With all, all of a sudden, you scale up exponentially on that cash flow with the same time and the same amount of money invested. So all of a sudden, the multifamily becomes very attractive because you all of a sudden start leveraging other people, um, other people knowledge, other people time, other people money, and then you create a team that everybody benefits from. Um, and you know, we all good at something. We're not good at everything, right? So uh, different people have different skills and getting into a team like that, you can leverage uh, everybody's skills to, um, you know, perform well for that property. And this is where multifamily became attractive to me and say, okay, well, um, not only I can scale up and uh, maximize the amount of time that I'm spending investing in real estate and getting 
uh, profit out of it, but also improve a lot of people's lives by doing that. Not only just one tenant with one house. Uh, by renovating those apartment buildings, you create a, a good living conditions for a lot of families. And for me, this was one of the most important things because I, I, you know, I came from a communist country. I'm, I'm a little more sensitive of how people live and you know the living conditions in those places. And when I see apartment buildings that are like can be renovated and can be improved for those families to have a better life, uh, that's that's my primary thing for me. And from that point on, everything comes with it. You know, the, you can increase the rents once you improve the property. People are happy to pay you more money to have, you know, good washer and dryers, yep. um, a good dog park, a good child uh, playground, um, a good functioning pool. Uh, God forbid, I've seen mm -hmm. apartment buildings with, you know, gorgeous pools that are not working. Yep. And I mean, it's, it's just little things that can improve you know, family's time and, and, and it is there is their homes there. They live there yeah. all the time. Just a basic thing like parking lots, like, you know, the broken parking lots or exactly. like beige color buildings where roof is matching with the walls. I still don't get the concept. <laughs> I was talking to like, you know, a couple of friends and they say, oh, that's an 80 style. But why would you paint like a roof with the same like wall and this just make it even? It's just so yeah. black, right? Like exactly. what do you do your house? So if somebody else is living, they are they are looking at the building all day long, right? So Absolutely. some basic stuff which which improves the quality of life. And one more thing I would add in uh, what we do in our project is safer communities and safer neighborhoods. So not only like you know improving the property, but also you are uh, our goal is to make the community and neighborhood safe by any means of you know installing automated gates passcode protected uh you know installing cameras yeah. uh, having some control uh you know thing so those things will definitely be appreciated by tenants to because their kids live there right they have their yes, absolutely so that's a basic principle vj i think we all know this by now and this is one of my principle of investing in multifamily right now is that you are not in here to make money for yourself. Yep. You are here to improve someone else's life. And then obviously you're going to make money in the process, but that should be the primary focus because everything, that's the fundamental um, mission that we have to you know, renovate those apartments, increase their value, not only for the tenants, but for the community itself, you know, you drive up, think about driving up in a neighborhood and you see one of those rundown apartment buildings, you know, what can you expect from there? You're not going to make money off of that. Tenants are not living well there. It's obvious that something needs to be done. So this is where we come from, you know, in, with all the teams that we have and you improve that community and the tenants, obviously you're gonna make a profit from it, but it shouldn't be the other way around. Yeah, yeah. Like when you do the first part, the profit will automatically will happen, right? Yes. When like, even when I enter into real estate, it was a mindset of like, oh, like profit. But then I had some great mentors and 
like I had that switch that, okay, like, you know, you take care of this, automatically your bottom line will be added. You don't have to focus on that. But if you focus too much on the bottom line, you may be leaving yeah. on, you know, uh, cutting corners or doing something that will add value, but you're not doing it because you, you are so much concerned about your bottom line. That's that's very true. And um, this is another thing that I would definitely encourage your audience to do. Um, and it, it made a big difference for me. Remember, I started in a single family by myself and it took me a long time and many years to build up a portfolio. Yep. In multifamily, when I transitioned from single family to scale up, um, I got a mentor. And so, that make a big difference because you leverage other people's knowledge and this person' uh, experience that he did, you know, in over 10 years, I can do it in one year. And the knowledge. You, know, you, you, go, you go from zero to 10 in a much faster time yep. than by yourself. Especially so like you learn from their mistakes, right? And that's that's one thing that will eat up your time more than your progress, right? Yes, absolutely. And the price you pay for, for those mentorship programs or, you know, mentor time or anything like that, it's it's very small compared to what you, your benefits are from that. Um, you, you know, you basically pay, um, pay for, for time. Yeah, you just to like two minutes for our audiences like see Tudor or me did not became what, what who we are in like one year it's a journey that you have to go through so one thing you always have to keep in mind is we both started as a passive investor at some point just to learn the game and yeah. like for you it's it's it, it would be the best thing because nobody's going to open up their books in front of you unless you are involved in the you know game right no and obviously you know i i knew a lot about real estate from single family space um and when i decided to scale up to multifamily, that's what i did i invested i started investing passively in a lot of deals with a lot of people just to know the people know the the terms know the groups try you know create a trusting relationship between us and see how that works out and once i start having an inside view of how the the uh, business is doing and what the, the protocols are and how the communication goes you have a different perspective right and as a passive investor and you know, your show is geared to passive investing, right? So I would definitely tell people to try that avenue first of investing passively with several groups and see how that goes. Uh, it's not money that you got to lose. You know, it, it's hard to lose money. Remember, in real estate, 98% of billionaires are in real, in real estate, right? But they're not in stock market. Uh, so it that's the beauty of real estate it's hard to go wrong with it uh, because it's a real asset um, so besides going passively uh, with those groups then you realize that you can do something if you want to become a general partner and do your own deals that's an extra step that you can take but only after you have exposure to how another general partner behaves to you as a passive investor as a limited partner right and that's what i learned a lot 
from because plus you are, being, yeah plus you are joining the team right and real estate is yes. always a team sport so when i was like you know investing i always like i was monitoring all the guys right so there may be five six guys and everybody has a role to play somebody was a deal finder somebody was like you know the property management somebody was boots on the ground somebody was the capital raiser so i try to analyze each and every individual and then try to relate myself that okay which of these characteristics i can fit myself in right and right. then i try to identify those things and try to refine my skills just based on that and i'm sure that's what you did too yeah obviously you know i i noticed a lot of things that i didn't like to how i was treated as a passive investor and i liked a lot of things that i saw with some groups that i really liked so i transfer all those experience into what i am now as a general partner in in a, in a few deals I, I just closed the fourth deal i'm in yesterday um so it, you know it's possible it if I'm if I'm a 28 year old immigrant coming into United States with no English and no knowledge, and 30 years later almost um, where I am right now, everything is possible. It's just a mindset game, right? For, especially for people that are starting out right now, thinking about real estate investing and passively investing in it. Take the first step. Take action. Yeah. It's possible and you will do well if you keep at it, be consistent, be disciplined, educate yourself and try to have a positive attitude towards um, a calculated risk investment, right? Because everybody will say, well, I'm not sure if I should put money in this or that or whatever. The more you wait, the more is gonna come against you. Um, Real estate investing is a long-term game that can give you a lot of benefits, but it's not a quick, get-rich-quick game. Yeah. So you have to be persistent, you have to be consistent, and know and educate yourself of who you're investing with and what are the benefits by doing that. Yeah. And like, one thing is like, it's a transition. So always have a mindset that I'm making a transition and transition never happens overnight. So right. there's like W2 employed making $60,000, $100,000. But just have that transition mindset that, okay, like next year, I'll, I'm going to like, you know, take away 25%. Then second year, 30%, 40%, 50%. And once you get to the 50% of your saving, that's where the numbers will start making sense. And, you know, like if you follow Warren Buffett, the power of compounding is something that real estate offers so so much along with depreciation so like again this is one thing that i we always talk in my group is a real estate is a index fund which will give you the best return against inflation if you yeah. consider any funds that you're trying to monitor or try to put your money in and you compare with the real estate it will be give you even better return with security backed by real estate as you mentioned that you know like 98 percent of the time things will not go wrong maybe there's a depreciation like you know decrease in price or decrease in value but it's not going to be like i have yet to see less than 30 percent drop yes. in real estate value like yes. this is 
works. I'm, I'm talking about a worst case scenario where real estate property value will drop like 30% and there's a blood on the street, right? Yeah, but exactly. It, it won't be more than that. So your 70% is still, still secure compared to a stock which will get zero or delisted and then you lose your all lifelong savings. And I've seen like some, you know, horror stories yes. of wiping off 401k retirements, right? So yeah, I had I had a couple of examples in my um, in, in uh, you know among my colleagues uh, in the past that they were like one or two years before retirement and the stock market crashed. Yeah, they couldn't retire for another ten years. Yeah, and that's that's devastating for for people. You know, you're 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 betting on your future on something that you cannot control. Like it, there's completely out of your control. And it's a paper asset, right? So once you start playing that game, it's a lottery, uh, really. I mean, think about this: you you go to Bank of America, right? It's, and that's the typical example I'm I'm giving to people. You go to Bank of America, and you can you can buy their stock on a free market, right? That the Bank of America would not lend you money. To buy their own stock but would lend you money to buy any piece of real estate in this country yeah because they know they're not secured on their stock and they know that themselves they're putting money in real estate yeah yeah so let's talk about like you know mentality of rich and wealth that's what i think we initiated the talk with so uh Let's talk about that. Like, what, what, what do you see a difference between being a rich and wealth, and what 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 is a mindset and like some some like you know um, like stra- strategies that people can use be, to be wealthy, not just being rich. Yeah, uh, it's a very interesting subject, and people tend to conf- you know uh, compare those two, uh, and it's really not the same thing. Um, you know, you can you can be rich by different ways. You can win the lottery tomorrow, and you're rich. Um, you can have a very uh, high income, but it's on W two, and you pay a lot of taxes from it, and you buy your toys and your objects and whatever you want to buy out of your um, uh, active income that's that's a rich person right by all it means when you make you know several hundred thousand dollars a year or whatever it is and you consider your yourself house, rich <laughs> right um and you buy your ferraris out of your your income right um the it, comparison is being wealthy where it what you're counting on is your net worth so to speak and net worth is not only I want to make a little difference here because net worth is um, the value of your assets, right? Compared to your liabilities. But it's also like people say net worth, it's your network. Um, Those people that are wealthy have a very strong network of people around them and they surround themselves with people that are better than them. They pull themselves up and they strive to excellence. Yeah. And that's what a wealthy people um, are. You know, they're, 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 
building their income of not active income, but passive income, cash flow out of their investments. What they do basically, it's a very simple principle we talked about earlier, is transforming their active income, investing in some good income producing assets, either is real estate or businesses or whatever you, you want, income producing assets that will bring automatically a passive cash flow to them and then from that passive cash flow they buy their ferraris yes right so it's a it's a cycle it's not a straight shoot from your income and that's what the difference mainly is between a rich and a wealthy person um and plus like also building up relationship along the side so me and my cousin were talking like and this is an incredible story like uh back in the days when Henry Ford became Henry Ford, uh, he was getting interviewed by a Forbes. So the guy asked him like, let's say you lose everything tomorrow morning. Like you get a phone call that everything is wiped off and you, you have to start from zero. How long it will take you to build a Ford, what the Ford is today uh, from ground zero. And he think like, it took like, you know, a couple of minutes and then he says like two years. So a guy who built a Ford, like, you know, which is a manufacturing giant, and it took him like almost 10 to 12 years to get there to that point. Yeah. But, uh, now his answer is like two years. And then like the interviewers were shocked. So like, they, okay, can you explain, you know, how can you get there? He says like, I would really bank on the relationship that I have made in that 15 years. And that is something that is going to get me to where I want to be in two years compared to 15 years exactly that's a great example yeah it's it's that because that's what their net worth is is their network right yeah. it's people yeah. you know and you surround yourself with and i would challenge everybody to think twice of what they have in their lives right now and who are the five people they surround yourself with yes and what um what kind of synergy do you have among those people Yep. Uh, if they bring you up or they bring you down yep because that makes a big difference in in how you approach your your whole life right it's um and i've i found this over the years being here uh, in a different country right starting from not knowing anyone to start having a big network of people that not only I can go to for advice, they come to me for advice and we build wealth together. Yes. Because the story is like, you know, if you like count five of top of your friends and if you average it out, you you will be an average. You know, you are average of that five person. Exactly. So, like you definitely want to go back and analyze that so uh, moving forward in the show, what we want to talk about is a failure and learning lesson, because personally, I believe there is no success without failure. So let's talk about it. Like, you know, the, the failures you had, like not necessarily go in detail, but some learning lessons. And that's what we want to know more in the show. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, obviously, you know, being an immigrant here coming um, when I was 28, I faced failures from the beginning um you know i started working and 
small little jobs that I could do uh, just to support myself and um, go along until I secure my 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 residency position. And there was a there was not consider I wouldn't consider a failure. I I don't consider things failures because bringing you down in a moment in your life is the only way to progress and to get up and grow. Um, that's the only way because you need to see, you need to have a perspective of where you are at any point and see and think big, right? So the only way, if you have a failure, so to speak, failure or setback, I would say, every, you know, every kick in the butt is a step forward, right? So, you know, think about this way. Um, don't consider things as failure, just as setbacks that would get propulse you uh, 10 times faster forward. So, you know, after that, um, I had a couple of uh, setbacks, I would say, with people that you uh, connect with. And you realize after a while that they're not the type of people you want to hang out with because their mindset is different. And over the years, what I learned is that you have to um, select, especially in business relationships and stuff like that, um, select people that are having a certain type of mindset. And that would bring you up uh, more than you can do it by yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, as a failure necessarily, I think um, in terms of um, you know, not recognizing the power of real estate investing soon enough. And I dabbled before I started investing in, in single families, I dabbled with like stock market and, you know, trying to, uh, you know, make money off of that. And I, I lost a big amount of money because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have control of what I was doing. Even if I knew what I was doing, I didn't have control of it. Um, so it was a it was a big um, it was a big failure, so to speak, for me. That that's when you realize that you need to uh, have a calculated risk of your investment, and calculated risk means that you need to put your money in things that are real value and real assets. Kiyosaki says that it's a fundamental difference between an asset and a liability, and if that would people understand. Primarily, that would help a lot of people how they start investing. Because an asset is something that puts money in your pocket, right? And a liability is taking money out of your pocket. And that's what, you know, he gives the example of primary residence, right? It's not an asset, it's a liability because you pay more mortgage to the bank. It's not your house after all, it's the bank's house. But that's a small example. Yep. So, the, like, the thing is, like, failure is not a failure uh, as long as you learn from it. That's that's the bottom line. Like, you know, uh, yeah. every successful person you take, they learn from that those mistakes, right? Like, okay, I made this mistake, why I did it, and now what can I do so that it doesn't happen again? Those yes. are the things, and that is the mindset you always want to have, uh, you know, moving forward, and that uh, it. Like once you have that zone of mindset, 
then the only way like you know things will happen to you is going up not going down for sure yes so Absolutely. another thing we wanted to talk about is like since you have been uh, you know uh, in multifamily let's talk about some stories that you have helped investors by having them invest passively in your like projects and you know how have you changed their life or securing their financial freedom yes um that's an interesting question because i had people um you know asking me you know how how did you do it how how did you start from single family homes and go to multifamily and how can i do this also and i explained to them like we did we talked about earlier right i started investing as a passive investor in some other deals um, with some other people and the way they i saw how they communicated with us as passive investors how they approach an investor how um they um you know uh, being transparent with, with what's happening with the investment with the property that make made a big difference for me on how i treat people now and how i treat my investors now and this is a very important thing for me um it's about trust and it's about responsibility for someone else's money yes you are not a trader you are not a stock trader on the stock market you're not a sales person you are someone who people believe in and trust you with their money and that's how i take this as a as a big responsibility on my shoulders right now on the deals that i've done so far that you know you need to treat people accordingly of how they invest in you because they're not investing necessarily in in a property or in a deal as a passive investor they they're investing in an idea that you can provide them trust enough to um give you know their money to you and invest in that property of course it's a real estate as a property based through you through what you believe in and if they see what the results i have with them that's how they're going to trust me and this is a matter of communication first of all and how you communicate with people uh on those deals and you know things are not going well all the time they're not being this honest life, and transparent right? Yeah, this is life. I mean, you know, some things go well, some things don't go well. Yeah. And it's out of your control or, you know, something catastrophic happens with a property or, you know, hurricane, like whatever other things that you don't have control of, but you need to be able to communicate with people of what's happening, what um what the implications are, what the solutions are, and how you treat those solutions and what the plan is because ultimately you know nobody expects to be perfect um but everybody expects to have a good communication out of it and let them know what's going on and that's why we try and every single um deal we have we try to have a monthly newsletter about you know what the financials are what's happening on the property what the challenges are and what the solutions are for those challenges and then 
you know, from that point on, uh, you have conversation one-on-one with each of the investors and answer their questions because some people have different focuses than the others. Some people want more cash flow. Some people don't care about cash flow. They want, you know, proceeds when they sell the property or somebody doesn't really care about what's going on with their money. And, you know, at the end, they just want the tax advantages out out of it. So each person has a different focus. So you need to address each of them individually and say, okay, what is your primary goal with this investment? Yes. Because when I approach an investor, it's not like, oh, I have a deal. Come on over with me. I'm saying, look, I have a deal. And what are you looking for? Are you looking for better cash flow? Are you looking for a better outcome at the end? You want more tax advantages? You want more depreciation? What are you looking for here? And based on that, I can tell them, listen, this might not be the best solution for you because the cash flow is not that high here, but we have a big upside at the end where we have a big cost segregation and you're going to get a lot more tax savings out of it. So depending on what type of deal, you have different types of investors, but you need to talk to them. Yes. And people forget this sometimes. And I had my experiences with some uh, general partnerships teams in the deals I invested with where nobody talked to me. And, you know, I was like, well, let me see how this goes, but I won't invest with them again. Um, You know, so this makes a big difference for people. And that's why I'm fortunate enough that I have some people that can trust me and see my record and say, well, you know, things are not going perfect all the time, but we communicate very well and we have an open line of communication. If something goes wrong or the investor has a question, I address it immediately and I try to get an answer for him. we're going to have on one of our investments from last year, we're going to have a one year anniversary. And I, I try to stress all the time that investor needs to be updated. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have a big meeting one year uh, anniversary with all the investors and let them know how the property is doing very detailed. Maybe some people want to go and see the property, you know, themselves and show them around and um you need to be in touch with with people because it's a this is a people business it's yeah. not a, it's not a re, it's not a real estate building business it's a people business it's about investors and it's about tenants yes thank you so much uh i think we are you know we can talk all day long but <laughs> yes so, so. uh it was very nice talking to you thank you so much for your time and uh definitely had some you know value added for our audience uh, with our with your incredible story and with your incredible knowledge and we can definitely you know catch up some more time and then we can have some more QA sessions uh, where people can join or people can ask and we can definitely have some Facebook lives down the road. Sure. But, like for today, I think uh, thank you for your time and we'll I appreciate. All right. Thank you very much, Vijay. I hope your audience got something out of it. Definitely. Thank you so much. See you later. Bye-bye. Yes, sir. Bye.